Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the Long Live Hollywood Podcast. My name is Aaron. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for choosing to listen to this podcast. God bless you. I went to a restaurant for the first time since the pandemic started. I went out to lunch. I called up one of my friends who I haven't seen since at least last June. Called him up. We talked a little bit, caught up on a few things, and I just said, hey, want to grab lunch tomorrow? And he said, sure, man. We decided to go to a Mexican restaurant. And as we are approaching the restaurant, we see a lot of people eating outside, the outside deck with the tables and everything. We looked at each other like, dude, this looks kind of crowded. We maneuver through the crowd and got inside the restaurant and it was completely empty which was weird the air conditioning was on plenty of tables maybe two or three were occupied and then also you have the upstairs which was completely empty it was weird because the weather was at least 86 87 degrees 88 90 probably it was a hot one People were casually eating outside, sunbathing like lizards, like reptiles. It was unbelievable. There was no social distancing. Everyone was outside eating shoulder to shoulder like a high school cafeteria. Anyway, we walked in, got a table. I liked the restaurant. It was Essentially a big bar that happened to sell Mexican food. Well, (laughs) that's called a bar and grill, Aaron. I haven't really been out like that in a long time, okay? Forgive me. I ordered up a delicious plate of nachos. Hold the green peppers, hold the tomatoes, hold the guacamole. Very filling. Everything was delicious. My friend and I had great conversations, and when the bill hit the table... I forgot how to tip. I was looking at the receipt and asked my friend, how do you tip again with card? And then he told me, you're going to get another receipt that's going to give you the option to tip. And then you add the tip on top of your bill and you total everything out. And I said, oh, yeah. It's been too long, ladies and gentlemen. Far too long indeed. It's movie time. Let's get to the news. And I do have a review of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. And I'm going to tell you why I adore old people. It is official. Venom, Let There Be Carnage, will be rated PG-13. I saw this one coming. It's not surprising. I am on Collider.com. I'm going to read these few sentences. Sony and Columbia Pictures have released the official rating for their upcoming movie, Venom Let There Be Carnage. Like its predecessor, Venom Let There Be Carnage will also be rated PG-13 due to intense sequences sequences of violence and action, some strong language, disturbing material, and suggestive references. That's about right. That's about what I thought it was going to be. No way would they go from PG-13 to R, unless you're talking about Suicide Squad. It is very possible these days, but is it necessary? That's the question. 
let's say for this particular case, for this particular movie, let's say Venom 2 was rated R. That will make perfect sense. Why? We're talking about Carnage. Who is Carnage? This guy is a psychopath. He killed his grandmother as a child. He tried to murder his mother by throwing a like a, a radio or television in the bathtub. He killed his mother's dog. He pushed a girl in front of a moving bus because she turned him down, didn't want to date him. This guy has a horrific past. And I'm not even scratching the surface on how violent this guy is. I know what you just heard was violent, but it gets worse than that. We're talking about carnage here. I think if Venom 2 was rated R, that would open up the door to more story opportunities. Like what I just mentioned, him being a kid, how many of those scenes can you put in a PG-13 movie? Venom 2 being PG-13, I'm fine with it. The first Venom was PG-13, made a ton of money at the box office. Venom 2 sounding like a more harder PG-13, that makes sense. It kind of reminds me of Batman Begins. Batman Begins was PG-13. The Dark Knight was a much harder PG-13 because of the, the Joker. You're dealing with a much more dangerous, much more brutal character. That makes sense. Even though Venom 2 is not going to be rated R, I still think it's still going to be violent. Hopefully, we get a great story. It, it still should be successful. Okay? All that being said, when the movie comes out on 4K and Blu-ray, I think there should be a director's cut. A rated R director's cut. Not necessarily just for the blood and gore, but just to flush out the character of Cletus. Cletus is carnage. Flush him out a lot more as a character. I think a rated R rating, it opens the door for less limitations. Remember, PG-13, you have to stay within those boundaries. If you really want to flush out Cletus in his full glory, I think an R rating is on the table. Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage, will be released on October 15th, 2021. You know, it just popped into my head. Down the line, I wouldn't mind seeing a solo Carnage movie at some point, yeah. I think it'll be similar to Joker. Cletus is actually, the character Cletus, is actually inspired by the Joker. If it wasn't for the Joker, we would not have Carnage. I could honestly see Todd Phillips, the director of Joker, jumping ship to Marvel to create a solo Carnage movie. The only problem with that is most likely wouldn't sit well with today's times. You're talking about a kid that is mentally unstable, 
throwing a television in his mom's tub, setting buildings on fire. We're talking about the introduction of a psychopath. It'll be similar to Joker. You know, he was dealing with his depression and and all that kind of stuff. It'll be a very similar movie, but I think Cletus, uh, the story of Cletus would be a lot more violent, a lot more brutal. Oh, man. It probably wouldn't sit right with today's times, if done right. If Marvel was ever to consider a solo Cletus Cassidy Carnage movie, grab Todd Phillips. It will be Marvel's Joker. I'm just saying. All right, let's get to the big review here. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Let me tell you something. If you heard my previous episode titled The Future of Greatness, I spoke about how some people, a minority of people, are becoming fatigued with the MCU movies and television, all things MCU. They feel that at this point, it's kind of the same, the same kind of action, the same kind of directing, storytelling. It's all kind of the same. My thoughts were, I still love the MCU. I love the movies. I'm excited to see the upcoming movies. But in the future, I would like to see some more innovative directing. More diverse directing, if you will. I want Marvel to start making movies, some of their movies, that remind you of other movies. That's what I said. Just yesterday, I was talking to a guy, and I asked him, have you seen Shang-Chi? And he said, no. I gave up on the MCU. I don't watch the movies anymore. He said that with authority, with passion. After I described Shang-Chi to him, he was sold. He wanted to see it very badly. Ladies and gentlemen, Shang-Chi is innovative. Shang-Chi is the direction that I was talking about. I'm not going to talk about the story. The story wasn't really mentioned in the trailers. I'm not going to talk about anything that wasn't shown in the trailers. So, no story here. I'm just going to talk about how I feel about the movie. And also, this is a spoiler-free review. I won't talk about heavy story plot points. I will mention some things here and there that are not in the trailer, but it's very, very light. Very light. No spoilers. But anyway, you've heard this a billion times probably. And it is true. The biggest thing that this movie has going on is the action, the fighting. Kevin Feige said that Shang-Chi is going to have the best action out of any Marvel movie. And it's debatable. It's up there. I thought he was just kind of talking, but you know what? This is quality stuff. The fighting is is amazing. And it's not that standard MCU fighting that we know at this point. I'm talking a little bit of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, 
some Rush Hour, Jackie Chan, Jet Li, Kung Fu, man. This is a Kung Fu movie. And what's crazy, as I'm watching the movie, most of the time, I keep forgetting that I'm watching an MCU movie. You know when you're watching Blade, not Blade, but uh, Black Panther, uh, any Captain America movie, any Thor movie, Guardians of the Galaxy? You know that you're watching an MCU movie. There, There are things in the movie that remind you constantly that this is a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. You know, you got the 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 comedic stuff, the way that is directed. It's all kind of the same. You know what you're getting when you're going into an MCU movie. From the very first scene, as soon as the movie opens up, I knew that I was in for something different, something unique. It opens so beautifully. It opens up with uh, Shang-Chi's father some some backstory about his father some long ago kind of stuff okay about two minutes later he arrives in this forest and what happens in the forest it's incredible it really sets the tone of this movie it's one of the best openings i've ever seen from any marvel movie of course, we have Simu Liu, who plays Shang-Chi. Man, is he entertaining to watch. You've seen the trailer, hopefully. That bus scene? Wow. My goodness. That scene alone. And also, the uh, the building scene. The nighttime building scene? Oh, my God. And you can tell that Simu Liu is doing his own stunts. It looks like he's doing his own stunts. There, there, there aren't too many cutaways. It's, it's just raw fighting. Raw fighting. It's like you're watching a Bruce Lee movie. And also we have Aquafina who plays Katie. Katie is Shang-Chi's best friend. She, she's a comedic relief. Most of the jokes are going to come from her. Aquafina's performance was really good. Now we all know that the MCU can be very humorous. Nothing wrong with that, okay? I do I do laugh from time to time. My thing is the comedic stuff they are said at very weird times, very awkward times. For example, Captain America is fighting some dude. Hey, why can't we do this easy way? Come on, I can do this all day. I don't mind it from time to time, but in my own personal opinion, this is just me talking, it does get cheesy. And it does get irritating. That's just an example. The jokes are kind of littered all over the movie. Going back to Aquafina, she says her jokes, but she says it at more appropriate times. She doesn't kill a dramatic scene with a joke. The scene plays out. The movie has this perfect balance between drama, action, and comedy. A lot of the other MCU movies, there is, they are entertaining. I love the drama. I love the action. 
But there is some cheesiness to it that is on purpose. Shang-Chi, there's the drama, there's the action, there's the comedy, but it's not cheesy. There is no cheesiness in this movie. It's quality. The cinematography is really nice, especially when the movie cuts back to the flashback scenes. It gets really beautiful. And speaking of flashbacks, um, again, I told you that I'm not going to talk about the story. And I'm not. I will say that it involves Shang-Chi and his father and, and family. It's kind of that kind of a thing. So there are some flashbacks involving young Shang-Chi and his father training him to be a fighter. I love those flashback scenes. And speaking of parents, speaking of his father, his father is played by Tony Long Shuai. I think that's his name. He great performance. Great performance. Great acting across the board from everybody. The acting in this movie is very quality. You, that's about the 12th time you heard that word, quality. But that's the word. As far as cons go, they're pretty minor. For example, when it comes to the heavier dialogue scenes, I do feel like it drags a little bit. And the reason why I say that, when the movie opens up, it hits the ground running. It's just action. You've never seen action like this in an MCU movie before. This is brand new stuff. And when it gets to the heavier dialogue, the movie kind of slows down a bit. I really had to struggle. I don't want to say struggle, but uh, I found it a bit difficult to really engage in the story. The story is good. It is good. I had to remind myself that, hey, there's a story here. You need to pay attention to it. Pay attention, pay attention to, the, to the dialogue. It's like talking to a hot chick who's a 10 out of 10. She's stunning. You're blown away. And now you have to remind yourself, okay, what's her personality like? That's, you know, that's the most important thing. It's not just her looks. The action in Shang-Chi is like a hot chick. And the heavy dialogue scenes is her personality, who she really is. Another thing, I don't, again, I don't know if I'm going to call it, this is probably not a con. This is probably on purpose. The movie did this on purpose. The story does feel a little straightforward. Even though it is good, there are some surprises. It is entertaining. It's engaging. But the story does feel a little straightforward. You look at the action, it is fantastic. You go to YouTube and you watch any review, they are going to glorify the action to the moon and back. It just feels very lopsided. You get, on, on one hand, you, you get this incredible action, and then on the other hand, you get this straightforward story. The story and action kind of doesn't balance well together. And the reason why I said all this might be on purpose is because that's really the nature of martial arts movies. 
the fighting usually outshines the story. The story is always kind of straightforward. You look at Mortal Kombat, the story is straightforward. But you look at the fighting, that's the quality. You look at any Bruce Lee movie, the story is straightforward. Enter the Dragon, Fist of Fury, Chinese Connection. But the fighting, that's where the quality is. Shang-Chi is a kung fu movie. It's a martial arts movie. It knows what it is. Usually after coming out of the theater, seeing a brand new Marvel movie, I feel like watching another one. Let's say I I, I just came out of the theater watching Spider-Man No Way Home. I'll probably go home and pop in, I don't know, you know, like any any MCU movie. I'll, I'll be on an MCU kick, right? Coming out of Shang-Chi made me want to watch Rush Hour or a Jet Li movie or something. So, what final grade will I give Shang-Chi? It's interesting. Usually, when it comes to MCU movies, I grade them in a category on, on its own. Not only, you know, it's a movie, but you have to take into consideration it's an MCU movie. You have to grade it accordingly. Shang-Chi kind of doesn't fall in that category, I almost I almost have to grade it as a kung fu movie. It kind of follows the kung fu movie algorithm. So, what grade would I give Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings? It's interesting. It's a bit tough. I feel like I need to give this movie two different grades. One as a martial arts movie and one as a MCU movie. I've read a lot of reviews. People are saying this is a mid-tier to top-tier movie. Some people are saying mid-tier. Some people are saying top-tier. Let me say this. I'm giving this movie two grades. If you're going into this movie with MCU expectations and MCU mindset, I'm giving it a B+. However, if you go into this movie wanting to see a martial arts movie, a kung fu movie, with CGI effects and all that stuff, I'm giving it somewhere between an A to an A-. Of course, you do have the post-credit Easter egg with a Marvel movie without a surprise. There are two. Okay. I stayed for one. Now, let me explain. Usually the first one is the important one. The second one is just something that's just kind of thrown in. Stay for both of them. Don't do what I did. I saw the first one. And I was debating on seeing the second one, but I had to pee like a racehorse. Okay. I know I could have went back into the auditorium. But I didn't. I heard that both scenes are important. I'm pretty sure I can go to YouTube and look up what actually happened in the second scene. Shouldn't be too big of a problem. I saw Shang-Chi in the Legend of the Ten Rings on Tuesday, the day after Labor Day. I saw it at the MJR, the MJR Theater. I believe it's a Michigan exclusive. What I love about the MJR... It's big, it's a big theater, 
It's beautiful inside and out. Clean bathrooms. Clean in general. It's one of the cleanest theaters I've ever seen. The best thing that I like about it, it doesn't attract a lot of young people. I love that. I saw Shang-Chi in a theater full of old people. People that were about, I want to say 60 and up. There was a person that was 40. I was the youngest person in there. The next person up was a guy who looked to be 45. The rest of the people, at least 60 and up. I love watching movies in a room full of old people. Number one, they are so well-behaved. Number two, they, they don't get up and down, up and down. It probably takes them a lot of energy to do that. They don't go for a refill on their popcorn or, or a refill on their, on their Diet Coke. They don't do that. Once they sit down, they are seated. And old people, they don't really buy greasy food. They don't go past popcorn and sometimes nachos. Younger people, they will order the chicken tenders, the pizza, the hot dogs, the, uh, the, uh, I think I saw a chicken salad on the menu. This lady who sat next to me, I saw Justice League at the time, she was eating a chicken salad and her silverware was scraping the plate. Like, you know how when someone's cutting up their chicken and go, cutting up, you know, that, that silverware irritating sound. Man, she was killing my eardrums. And that ranch dressing smell. I love the smell of ranch dressing. But sometimes it can get really overpowering. You know when you, you smell like hot sauce and you just go, ah, eh. you know, it stings the nostrils a little bit. Old people will never order a half slab of ribs, fried chicken, spaghetti, any of that kind of crap while watching a movie. They go to the theater first, and then they'll go to a restaurant. They don't blend the two together. They're not there to have dinner. I have never had a single problem with old people at a theater. Speaking of that woman and that chicken salad, a chicken salad actually sounds pretty good right now. What do you think, a chicken salad or a steak? I could probably use the chicken salad right now. I am a healthy eater. I always eat in moderation, but I just haven't had a lot of vegetables as of late. And I just really want a steak, especially from somewhere like Texas Roadhouse or something. So keep that in mind while you're deciding. Chicken salad? All right. I'll eat healthy and grab a chicken salad. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a wrap. Thank you for tuning in to the Long Live Hollywood podcast. My name is Aaron. Be safe out there. Love each other. Do nice things for each other. And good things will come to you. I promise you. Take care now. Bye-bye.